Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopech, your host for this evening, down here once again at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, located in Pittman, New Jersey. Another big crowd, Dr. Frank. Looking pretty good, man. Yeah. It's just like week after week, it just keeps seems, it seems to keep growing down here with us. It must be us bringing them in. Yeah, yeah, that, that has to be it. <laughs> Dr. Fred, the theme of the last couple episodes have been kind of centered around like the weather getting nicer, people Always. getting out, being more active. Yeah. We had Brittany Lynch on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about people getting out there and running. Right. Um, you know, and there's one more component to that that I was thinking about where nicer weather means more people golfing. Oh, man, it's, it'll be nice. I yeah. love it. And, yeah. uh, you know, we have jobs where we can't get out that often, um, but when we do get the opportunity, Oh, look out, man. You yeah. know, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. So, so yes, the weather rolls in. It right. kind of, maybe you can get that nine a little later in yeah. or what have exactly. you. Exactly. And with the Masters uh, coming up this weekend, we thought no better time to bring in one of our former guests, get him one, our, our golf expert here at Recon Sports. Who'd you bring with you? We brought Dean Millard. Thank you very much for coming back to the show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here tonight. And, and, and you got a little bit, something sort of special to talk to us about, right? Like, Last time we were here, we went into the whole, you know, hip thing. You have this ph phenomenal foundation in treatment of core injuries. However, you also have a phenomenal foundation in something else. Yeah. So uh, recently over the last year, I, uh, I recently got certified um, with uh, TPI, which is the uh, Titleist Performance Institute. Yeah. Um, so it's a certification in, in looking at golf mechanics and golf related injuries and, and golf performance so yeah so uh i'm excited to be here tonight and talk about that a little bit and um and kind of you know talk some golf and and go from there the master's coming up and then thinking back to when we had you on earlier in the fall and you mentioning you were in like a dozen fantasy football leagues yeah and <laughs> the fact that recall. we're just ra wrapping up march madness we haven't had you on since that started but you know I, I know that you're an avid college basketball fan unc fan rank them for us right now masters march madness fantasy fo football season in general that's tough yeah. um i say every year and really, it's kind of cheating because it's two days. But yeah. the best day of the year is the first two days of the college basketball tournament. Yeah, that, I agree. And the, the playing games don't count. That first four, they don't count as the first days. That Thursday and that Friday, where from noon to midnight, if you make it that long, can't beat it. there's four games on all day. You, you can't beat it. It's my favorite day of the year. Uh, upset Central. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's great. The mayhem this year, you know, St. Peter's, which. Yeah. Uh, what a run. Uh, unfortunately, or well, not unfortunately for them, but I had no idea where they were from. Right. Next <laughs> thing you know, they were, they're on the local news yeah. and we got a team they're about from, an hour north of us. Yeah, right. apparently. <laughs> Never heard of them before in my yeah. life. But, right. uh, that you know, that was pretty cool. Right. But yeah, you know, North Carolina, it broke my heart last yeah. night. They were, I went from the highest high Saturday night watching yeah. them beat Duke, who. If you're a Carolina fan, you just automatically hate Duke. It's like Yankees, Red Sox. Sure. Couldn't have been better seeing them, you know, end Coach K's career the way it was. Oh, man. And then it just came full circle on yeah. me last night, blowing the biggest lead in NCAA finals history and, and losing the way they did. Right. right it hurt a little. I guess we got to give a shout out to Dr. Brandt, who's been on our podcast numerous times, but he ended up winning our 
competitive, fun recon league. As much uh, as it pains me, yeah. well done, Dr. Brown. So I don't know, Dean, if you were on that group text. Um, I was not. Yeah, so that first night, everybody was all over him because yeah. he had Kentucky in the championship game. So it was all like, Dr. Brand, thanks for your uh, donation. You know, you just, I mean, he, he said, he's like, I lost one of my national championship teams by 4.30 p.m. on yeah. the first day of the, of the, you know what I mean? Speaking of St. Peter's, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Peter's. But he also had Kansas winning it all. And, yeah. you know, he was one of the and few of us that he won. kept collecting points as it all went along. And he pulls it out. Yeah, that goes to show you the uh, everybody obsesses over the first round because yep. there's so many games. But right. of course, you got to have somebody alive at the end. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. You got to pick the winner. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Dean, let's none, get, none of it matters unless you get the winner. Yeah. Dean, let's get into it some more. So uh, I don't know how many people know about this TPI certification. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know that's something that you have been pursuing over your time here at Recon and uh, you were very happy to launch that program here at Recon Sports. You know, tell tell our listeners what the TPI is and how it benefits a golfer. So so they actually have a couple different variations of certifications where whether it's if you're a golf coach, if you're a, a fitness instructor, a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, mine is more along the, the medical certification, but the the key difference that I take from it as being a medical provider compared to a typical golf coach is I'm looking at more the way your body moves and that's the whole idea behind TPI Mm -hmm. is trying to link all of these different aspects together whether you're a golf coach helping you to learn more about how the body moves in general Mm -hmm. rather than just golf specific or if you're a medical provider learning more about the aspects of the golf swing rather than just how the body's supposed to move. So it kind of helps to meld all of them together. And we had uh, episodes where uh, just, I think two weeks ago, where we were talking about the rotator cuff and our our friend Mike Voltz was talking about the work he does in baseball where he collaborates with a pitching coach. Yep. Is this something where you collaborate more with like a golf pro so to me, that's that's the perfect scenario yeah. for for myself as a provider. And really, if I was if I was a golfer, which I am. Yeah. But if I was pitching this to a, mm-hmm. a patient or a client, being able to do both is, is yeah. the perfect world, really, where myself and a golf coach or a swing coach or whatever you call it, kind of working together. So right. if right. if I'm stuck with a, a patient who I'm just in, I'm helping them to move better and we're going through all the fitness training and stretching or whatever it may be and getting their body to move better in general, but they still have a, a nasty hitch in their swing. Okay, well, I'm stuck. Now they need to see the, the golf coach and say, hey, look, you know, Jason's moving really well, but his swing's still not great. Here's where we're at. Or vice versa. If the, the swing coach is spending a lot of time with Jason and we're, we're working on this. We're working on this. I keep coaching him. I'm giving him drills. Yeah. He's doing everything right. He just can't figure out how to stop hanging back in his swing. Okay. That's where I can kind of come in and let's look at how you move, look at a squad or different things like that and identify what issues you have with how you move in general. Maybe it's, you just mentioned rotator cuff. Maybe You've got weakness in your lead arm or in your trail arm or 
you have a lack of external rotation in your trail arm. These are all things that are could create problems in somebody's swing. And no matter how hard you try to keep your elbow tucked, if you don't have external rotation, you're not going to be able to do it, no matter how hard you try from a, a golf training standpoint. And, and that's kind of the perfect world where the two could work together. Yeah. It sounds like you, you on, from your standpoint, it really attacked more of the physical limitations. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And they, the, the key philosophy with TPI is we believe that there's, they always say there, there's no such thing as a perfect golf swing. Yeah. Um, you clearly you, have not seen me play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, there are certainly golf swings that are more aesthetically pleasing mm -hmm. than others. Certain golfers have a very beautiful swing and it looks effortless. You know, Tiger, which I, we'll touch on that in a little bit, talk right. some masters here with Tiger, but, you know, he has a beautiful golf swing. Mm -hmm. Jim Furyk has <laughs> not a beautiful, beautiful. golf swing. Yeah, and, the epitome. But of, guess what? He it is works. a way better golfer than anybody sitting at this table. And he doesn't have a perfect golf swing. And the whole idea is finding an efficient golf swing, whether that's a big backswing, whether it's a short backswing, whether it's fast, whether it's slow, over the top, coming in low, finding a way that makes it fit your body. And, and that's what's going to be efficient is finding the swing that's going to be easy for you to reproduce. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the mobility to bring the golf club way up behind you, we're not going to try and do that because your body can't physically do that. So right. we need to find something that you can do consistently and repeatedly and, and with power. And, so, and that's kind of the whole idea. So if somebody's coming in and they're getting an evaluation from you, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the swing evaluation fully but you're, like you said, you're, you're going to teach them to adapt their abilities and their strengths so that they can make them get the most out of their particular swing. Are you having them swing in front of you? Are you are you evaluating them during the swing? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, so that's all part of the equation. Yeah. So there, there are two major components to it. One is more of a general physical functional assessment um, right. that there's two variations of one of the tests that we can do. So it's a series of 15 or 16, depending on how you want to count it, uh, measurements that we take. And, and it looks at uh, overhead squat. It's going to look at thoracic rotation, range of motion, pelvis rotation, range of motion, right. the ability to rotate the two separately and, and disassociate your shoulders from your pelvis. Mm -hmm shoulder stability, shoulder range of motion, hip range of motion, things like that. So it's going to be a, a general physical assessment that would be more typical that you would get at a typical doctor's visit or physical therapy assessment. Yeah, sure. And then in addition to that, we will look at your swing and I'll do a recording, watch you swing. We have a practice net set up and some clubs, watch you swing. And then the, the whole idea is what we call a body swing connection and trying to find what, and we don't really call them faults because again, you can have similar, not to pick on Jim Furyk, but <laughs> he has characteristics in his swing that would not be considered the perfect swing. Yeah. 
And he's a very good golfer. So yeah. it's just a characteristic. Total it's not disjointed. A like, like how in the hell does he hit the ball straight? Exactly. Then he does. Right. And so for him, it's not a fault. It's just a characteristic. Right. So the idea is if we find a limitation in your physical screen mm -hmm. to try and make the connection between what characteristics might present in your swing. Right. And then that's where that connection really helps to determine is this a golf skill issue or is this a physical limitation can you correct short pudgy is my question for you that's a, that's a tough <laughs> one yeah that, that's a tough one uh, we can certainly work on it yeah um, right, right. you know it's going to be hard to create some torque and right with with short you know the the longer the lever arm the more the more uh, velocity you're going to be able to create so short does cause a limitation there okay Dean when people first uh, inquire about your services with this certification um, are they coming to you with an injury per se or are they coming to you like saying I just can't stop slicing the ball I can't stop topping the ball so it's a little bit of both yeah. Um, yeah. usually if somebody feels healthy chances are more often if they're having purely a golf related episode of something like that yeah i keep slicing the ball every time chances are more likely they're probably going to go to a golf coach yeah um and i think that's more of just this isn't as well known in in terms of in, in the medical world that yeah. people don't really know that it's an option to kind of look at it that way and yeah. look at improving their body first um right. golf is, is kind of assumed that if i'm not good at golf i need to practice golf and <laughs> where other sports and other things in life you kind of look at if i'm not uh if i can't dunk a basketball if i just go and run at the rim and try and dunk it every time it's not going to help me dunk the basketball right. right i know i need to be able to jump higher right to be able to dunk the basketball so i need to There's get stronger yeah i need to work on explosiveness and things like that and physically train and improve my body to dunk the basketball right I also need to be a little bit taller. That's where the short and pudgy comes in. Right, but right. golf isn't really looked at that way. It's just assumed I need to practice golf and I'm going to get better at golf. And and this approach really is trying to make that connection to improving our body. So you, you said there's more than one pathway to certification, right? And you, mm -hmm. and this, the pathway that you uh, went down is more of the medical pathway for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Now, now, let's say you're more of a swing coach. Mm -hmm. As a swing coach and you're getting the TPI certification, are you learning a little bit of the other side, some of the stuff that you've learned, so that that particular swing coach is changing, potentially tailoring or changing the swing to the individual? Or when you go through that TPI, and again, this, so this is sort of new to me, right? Mm -hmm. Or as, as, as if that guy, the swing coach guy is going through the certification, are they learning the mechanics of the swing? And then you, and then when someone goes and sees that person, they're making, trying to make the person fit the mechanics of the swing. There are different levels of, there are three levels of certification. And the first level is more the generalized, you, kind of learn all of the aspects of it and then each further level out is more specified into a golf coach or a fitness professional or a power coach or a medical professional and so in the first level you kind of learn a bit of everything so the the initial screen whether you're a golf coach fitness instructor 
or a medical provider, you're going to learn that initial screen. And so they, a golf coach would look at or learn more about identifying limitations in physical range of motion and things like that. The difference in where the medical aspect comes in more is more connecting injuries to what potential injuries to the, right. the characteristics of right. a golf swing more so than um, identifying what might go wrong with your ball striking with this physical limitation. So okay. that's where a golf coach might work a little bit more on, oh, you're, you're slicing the ball, right. that's because you're doing this. Yeah. Where a, a medical provider is going to look into, oh, you're doing this, we need to worry about back pain or having hip issues or whatever right. the case may be. Everybody just kind of look over your shoulder there. I feel like they're, they either know what we're talking about or they're just golf enthusiasts as well, just uh, <laughs> demonstrating that. Look, yeah, he's definitely like going through his swing pattern. Yeah, with everything. sure is. Yep, that's <laughs> uh, not planned on this uh, episode, but. Right. Dean, walk us through like the evaluation. And you started to touch on it. And that's what I found the most interesting about this certification is you can relate flaws in golf mm -hmm. to certain human mechanical you know kind of deficiencies yep. right so i guess I, I would like to hear about both though. like what does an eval look like and then kind of like how me slicing the ball me hooking the ball yep. me topping the ball and what that relates to what i'm doing wrong mechanically sure so the the physical assessment again is 15 or 16 assessments it's going the initial thing is we're going to look at your setup posture. So some of them are kind of connected directly to the swing characteristics and the physical screen. But in, in your traditional setup posture, you should have a, a flat neutral spine. Depending on limitations somebody may have, they may have what's called an S posture or a C posture. So S posture is more where we have that anterior tilt of the pelvis, mm -hmm. increased lordosis, lumbar extension, and then increased kind of thoracic kyphosis. Right. C posture is the opposite of that. Think Punched of over. that slouch when we sit in a chair and we slouch, having that kind of posture in standing. Um, so that's the initial, initial thing that we look at. And then from there, it's going to look at pelvis control can somebody anteriorly and posteriorly tilt their pelvis in that golf position? From there, can they rotate their pelvis without rotating their upper body? And then can they rotate their upper body without rotating their pelvis? Right. Um, it looks at hip range of motion, internal, external range of motion in standing. So we rotate on one leg or the other, looking at rotation. So trail leg for a right-handed golfer, Backswing is going to be internal rotation of the trail hip. Downswing is going to be external rotation of the trail hip. And then vice versa for the lead leg. Backswing is going to be external rotation of the lead leg. Downswing is going to be internal rotation of the lead leg. So it's going to look at that. It then also looks at how much thoracic or upper range of motion we have. Not just can we rotate, but how far can we rotate. Right. Lat flexibility, overhead squat, um, single leg balance and shoulder shoulder external rotation range of motion both just standing neutral posture and also in golf posture so that's an interesting one so it'll look at it in neutral and then also in golf position so if somebody has more than adequate range of motion just in upright standing but then that range of motion decreases when they get into that leaned over golf 
uh, approach kind of position, as that range of motion changes, that's going to tell me a little bit more of, is it a, it's not a range of motion problem because they just showed me they have full range of motion. So when they get into their golf position, something's changing. And that's usually more of a stability. So they might have more of a weakness issue and a lack of control rather than a lack of available range of motion. So that's the functional screen. Um, and then the golf swing, there are 12, there are certainly more, but the 12 major ones that have been found to have the most reliability with um, poor golf performance or injuries, um, there are 12 of them. And some I touched on, S posture, C posture, loss of posture. So typically, the way you look at that is whatever somebody's starting position is when they approach the ball and they prepare for their backswing, are they able to maintain that position through the swing mm -hmm. and most specifically when they make ball strike? Right. And if they're drastically different at approach versus striking the ball, something's going wrong. Right. And again, that's where that efficiency Come, comes off and um, so it looks at that what's called flat shoulder plane early extension over the top sway slide hanging back reverse spine angle casting and chicken wing again a little more information than needs to be dissected right, 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 right now but a lot of these so some of these are static position and then a lot of these are dynamic position some of them look at issues during the backswing some are during the downswing and then some are doing follow let, let me ask i think what might be a similar question uh, to what jason had just asked but a little bit from a different angle right so in this scenario you know you, and you kind of went through it and and, and you know very well and very detailed to the point where you lost me and I, I imagine you probably lost some of, some of the listeners. Sure. But, it's, but, it, but you have the knowledge, right? So if someone comes in, you, you know what you're talking about. What if somebody comes in with a different angle, right? They come in with the idea or the question of, hey, listen, every time I swing, my lead shoulder or my left shoulder starts to hurt or starts to, to sublux or buckle or my wrist or this, and they come, in, come at it from that approach. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of pun not intended is that inbounds as a, as an approach good. To, 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 to like like hey can you take a look at my swing yes. and figure out where the issue is so I don't keep having this recurring issue yep and and a lot of times um, the connection between these and I think at an amateur level or you know a recreational golfer I play five six times a year whatever the case may be right golf is typically considered a very upper body dominant um sport and a lot of these issues wrist pain for example may very well be because of a loss of left lead hip range of motion and so if i can't rotate on my hip i may sway right. and, and so what sway sway is is when we don't rotate around our hips and our pelvis during the backswing and we slide our body back. Right. And if we want to strike the ball rather than take a six inch divot out of the ground, we need to then bring our body back forward. So there's a lot of extra movement there. I'm sliding backwards and then I have to slide back forwards. That's extra movement. That's loss of efficiency. I'm wasting energy. Sure. And then if I'm repeatedly hitting the ground that could lead you know 
increase impact on my wrist. So right. it could be as simple as that. It could be that because I'm going too far back in my swing, I'm now using my arms to make up and try and get the arms back to the ball because I can't bring my body to the ball. So now I'm using my shoulder way more than I should, yeah. or I'm, I'm what's called casting or scooping where when we strike the ball, mm -hmm. our hands, for the most part, our hands should be in front of the ball. Right. So you should have what's called a forward shaft lean. Yeah. Um, that's going to lead to better ball strike. You're more likely to hit the ball first, which is going to, again, create that consistency. If I'm hitting the ground first, <laughs> if I'm hitting a quarter inch of ground or a half an inch of ground or three quarter inch of ground, that's going to affect my distance. Sure. It's going to affect the forces through my body. If I hit the ball first, I'm going to be much more consistent at knowing how far that ball is going to go. Right. And so, yeah, so that's definitely a way to look at it. Whenever I golf, I get home and I have left shoulder pain or I have pain in the right side of my low back right. or my left hip groin hurts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's look at your swing. Most of the time, again, especially at a recreational level, chances are we're not using our lower body efficiently enough and we're trying to compensate with our upper body. That's typically going to be the case is more often than not. Dean, who, who pursues this certification in terms of, uh, you obviously have a passion for golf and you, you obviously have a lot of knowledge about it, but I do know that not every physical therapist has the certification. Do the people that seek it have like the interesting golf or or is that just a coincidence in your case i, I think in my case it's yeah. more a, a coincidence because yeah. i i like golfing so much right. i have an interest in watching it i want to know more about yeah. it and in our setting yeah we see a lot of athletes right. and you know we get a lot of patients who sometimes they come with a golf related injury yeah. and sometimes just in chatting and getting to yeah. know them and summer's coming up, do you have any plans? Right. And then, you know, the patient says, oh, actually, you know, me and my buddies are getting ready to go to Myrtle Beach for right. the week. And, you know, so I get a lot of golfers in that regard and it gives me another avenue to work with athletes, and pursue a sport that yeah. I enjoy and work with patients that in, enjoy the same sport. So that that's kind of the aspect that I looked right. at it from. It, you know, if I was, uh, even though I love golf, if I worked in an acute care hospital, I probably wouldn't be getting the TPI certification. I think that was like probably my follow-up question is like, what is your what is your training for the certification look like? And do they come out with as much knowledge not having a golf background? I mean, like, what did you have to go through to be TPI certified? Oh. What was that course like? And could a layman just walk in and like say, you know, I, I'm going to get more involved. Hey, want to do it? Yeah, like, I'm, we're, like even like maybe someone like me specifically, like I don't deal with a lot of golfers, but I would like to. So therefore, sure. I'm going to pursue TPI. But oh I yeah, don't, I don't have the I don't have the background in golf that you do. And, yeah, and I'm sure um, plenty of medical providers yeah. have certifications that don't even play golf right. ever, let alone a little bit. It's yeah. not necessarily right. a correlation. Yeah. Honestly, they might do better because I, I don't know. As, I think having the foundation, the knowledge. Part. Well, but I think it's one of them, like I almost, 
prior to learning more about this, I almost knew enough to get myself into trouble. <laughs> and now, as soon as I started taking the course, it's one of them. Every every one of these characteristics that they went through, I'm like, I think I do that. Yeah. And then he and then he gets to the next one. I'm like, you know what? I think I do that too. Right. And then it left me initially afterwards. Like I got to rebuild everything about the way I swing, <laughs> and I'm ready to start doing all this training right. and 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 things like that. So no, it's not necessarily a, yeah. that you need to be a golfer to to know about this the the course is is very well structured and whether you golf every day or have never swung the club in your life you'll at least have some you'll have a good starting point yeah knowing about the game and wanting to watch it and and be involved in as much as i am certainly helps and i think more from a terminology standpoint yeah. and when they mention certain things in the course knowing what it is that they mean and, and watching videos of other golfers and things like that certainly helps yeah. yeah what's i know every patient's different and every injury is different and so everybody you take through this evaluation is going to have a different outcome but what is a typical treatment or not typical what what do some of the treatments look like are they more physical therapy based or are they more strength and conditioning based it depends on what the screen yeah. shows um if you know if a patient comes in a uh, patient that i'm working with right now he's had a series he's had hip replacements yeah. and had knee replacement and had a recent wrist surgery so he's coming in with more physical limitations For sure. than you know a higher level golfer would be so his is a little more physical therapy based right. in terms of isolated range of motion and really working on mobility and improving the way he moves more so than really working on his golf swing where if it's a you know a, a high school golf team player yeah. his might be a lot more performance based right. Um, right. and working on strength training and um, plyometric training is not really something that typically gets thought about in the golf world right. right golf is you know over the years it's becoming a lot more popularity and is becoming a younger sport but as I grew up, and I, I wish I was into it when I was in high school, but say like, the same thing. golf was something that my dad did on Sunday mornings with his buddies, and I looked at my dad as old, right? right like, yeah. that's something that 50-year-old men do, not... I actually like, started late high school. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did, but I grew, I wish I started younger. Yeah, and, and so it, it's always kind of perceived as, oh, that's just a hobby that I go and do rather than a sport that I need to train for. Yeah. And that I think, especially at a younger level, is the connection that, and it, it kind of happens with all sports, right? We Whether it's a soccer player that we see or a, a cross country player or athlete or whatever the case may be. It's like, well, tell me what like a, a week routine is for you. And the cross country runner says, well, I run on Mondays and every other Sunday I take off and I run 13 out of 14 days. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. do you strength train at all? 
like I, I run fast sometimes. It's like, no, do you strength train? Yeah. Soccer player. Well, we have practice like every day. So we like I dribble the ball a lot. And it's like, okay, well, do you train? And uh, unfortunately, and I think golf is even more mm-hmm. that way of we got to practice it in balls. We got to practice yeah. it in balls. We got to practice it in balls. We got to practice your putting, practice our chipping technique. And it, if we can just improve the way our body moves, I, I think it's going to be, it makes the golf specific drills that much easier to get a gain out of. I think you'll appreciate the story. I, uh, I do a lot of work with Delaware County Community College Athletics, uh, cover just about all their events and they have a golf team. And I started thinking about it and you mentioned about like getting involved, you know, earlier. And I started thinking and I, I talked to the athletic director there and I was like, so if I took nine credits <laughs> and I started doing that math, right? Like what would nine credits save me? And then I could just golf with the team for free and go out like all the time with a coach. <laughs> yeah. And I'm starting to do the math and I'm right. like, well, nine credits would cost me like 1200 bucks, I think. Right. It's way less than a golf coach. It's way cheaper than and, a, and, and and then or a She membership. was like, yeah. And like, you know, they struggle with numbers at times. So she's like, you'd probably be like our fifth best and you would probably be at every match. <laughs> And then she's like, but you would also have to like pay. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really having an interest in like succeeding in these courses, right? Like I just want to like, I, I want to pay uh, you the money to, and be enrolled, right? How many, quote. How many gen am I allowed Right, like how many basket time. weaving courses am I allowed to take that semester to be full time? But I remember like giving that some serious thought, like I should just do that. Like, yeah. yeah. And then Great idea. every community college in the country got filled with every spot. Right. <laughs> Help us preview the Masters, right? This is this is the big weekend for golf, right? Yeah, um, and, and you you kind of did some research that we didn't do, right? There's there's some golfers right now dealing with some things, but of course the headline, right, is Tiger's, Tiger's back. back. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he came out officially today and said he's playing. Yeah. You know, barring unforeseen circumstances, that his uh, game time decision, I guess, went well in practice yeah. yesterday. Right, and uh, all. All accounts yesterday from everybody, and now maybe they're just trying to. It's hard to get in Tiger's head though, yeah. so you know maybe people are trying to play mind games. Of, oh, he looks great. He yeah. looks great. But everybody's saying he looks good. He's hitting the ball yeah. well, so I, I'm excited. I uh, Tiger's one of those guys. Whether you know all personal history and things aside, whether you love him or hate him, if he's playing, it's golf's exciting. more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. You know, it's if, if he's in the hunt. He's got that red on on Sunday. Right. People yeah. are going to be glued to that TV. It, it, it if, was Michael Jordan in the day, right? Like, it's just more exciting. Yeah. And, and, and when when the accident happened, I said, no way. Like, this is it. It's done. Yeah. I remember is, being at work when it came on the news. Yeah. And the first thought is, is he going to live? Right. Yeah. And here we are just over a year later. And he's, he's lacing them up at Augusta. If it wasn't for Tiger... What are some other headlines that we should be watching out at? Right. Or watching out for, I should say. So I I like Justin Thomas. I think he's got a he's got a, a pretty swing. Um, I did a little diving today on and it, some of it it sounds silly to say, but the better you do at putting, the better you're going to do in a tournament. Greens in regulation, which means basically simplifying it is you're on the green for a birdie putt. That's considered in regulation. Par four, you're on the green until the players over the years of the Masters, the players that are better at green in regulation, better putting, 
par fives at the Masters. So it's a very tough course. Par fours are hard to score on. You need to capitalize at par fives. And so I did a little diving today, and and the one one name that kept popping up in terms of being in the top five or top ten in all of those categories was Justin Thomas, and he's he's well known as as being a very good ball striker. Yeah. Um, he plays his irons really well. You know, it, he's got good distance, but uh, Augusta is not really a course that. You can overpower with distance. You, right. you need to be accurate. The yeah. irony that that Tiger's had so much luck there, or so much success there, right? When he's known as really, I guess he's known or was known as this power hitter, but and, in actuality, is more of a finesse golfer. Yeah, and his that, recoveries, his, uh, and I mean that's part of why why he's been as great as he is. Is it's hard to pick what Tiger's best thing. He. Right. Right, like you just said, when when distance really became a thing, he was smashing the ball right. further than everybody. Early, but he was also the best at irons, and right. he was also the best with chipping around the green. And like, that's why he was he, successful. <laughs> he had it all. So he could do everything. Everything, really well. yeah, yeah, everything really well. But that, from you know, watching it over the years and, and reading about it, the, from the irons. From the irons in it is where you where you're going to excel at, at Augusta. And so uh, we'll see. Ho- hopefully, hopefully he at least makes the cut and yeah. and doesn't totally flop out. But he's been playing pretty decent lately. He's been in contention a lot. So uh, I'm looking at Justin Thomas and, and of course Tiger because it's Tiger. So. Right, right. And what, I, what else are you gonna be doing this weekend? A little, little bit on the Traeger. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably Sunday I'll throw yeah. something on. We got uh, my oldest daughter has opening day for softball this weekend, so uh, I gotta I, I gotta be creative this weekend in in catching some golf. And uh, yeah. my coworker Mike he he told me he's got a portable phone charger, so uh, he's gonna lend that to me for the weekend, <laughs> so I can I can stream. stream the whole time. Yep, I'm gonna I'll walk the I'll walk the little guy around yeah. in his stroller, stream some stream yeah. some masters on Saturday where we'll have some softball. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the other names that not so much from a contention standpoint, I'm not sure how they'll do, but uh, a couple other guys that just in recent weeks dealing with some injuries. Right. Um, Paul Casey, I believe it was two weeks ago, whenever the, uh, the match play tournament was in Austin. I think it was two weeks ago. He pulled out after, I think it was the second hole. All I could find information-wise was back spasms. Yeah. And something common in the golf world. I'm it assuming. is. It, yeah. Back injuries are, are one of the most common, yeah. especially at the higher level. Yeah. Things that you might see more in golfers recreationally, elbow injuries and kind of overuse yeah. things. You're not going to see that as much because one, they pro guys are going to swing way more efficiently. So right. they're going to have less of these kind of faulty issues that lead to breakdown. Right. And also they train for it. Their, you know, their grip strength and things like that are going to be through the roof. So those type of things you're probably not going to get as often. Back injuries are the are the most common. And uh, what about uh, Bryson DeChambeau? So he's he's one I did look at. Uh, found some videos and looked at his swing. And when over the last two years or so, when he really kind of beefed up and put a lot of mass on and really he trimmed down too right like he got just physically fit. yeah he he went 
hardcore into the fitness aspect right. of it and really became obsessed with ball speed, right. club speed, distance, distance, distance. And for a while there, he, I mean, he won, I forget how many tournaments in the span of year, but he, yeah, he was well. really rolling. And, you know, a lot of people started to question, will his body hold up? Mm -hmm. And is he going to be able to sustain this kind of violent swing that he has? And I looked and it, I thought for sure as, as much movement as he has. And, you know, there's some people that they hit the ball 300 yards and it looks like they were swinging a, a sand wedge. Right. And with him, it doesn't look that way. Like no. <laughs> he looks like he's trying to win a long drive competition. Uh -huh. He's got movement coming from everywhere. And from an efficiency standpoint, he, he actually ties it all together really well. Um, you know, he was out with, uh, he was diagnosed. He finally came out and said what the injuries were. He had a fracture in his hand uh, of the hamate bone, which... Um, golf. Golf, yep. And it, it's most common. So it's on the towards the ring and pinky finger, but down at the base of the wrist is the side of the hand that it's located on. And it, it's common in repetitive racket type sport so tennis baseball too yeah yep, yeah anything where you're yeah. swinging something that that's in the hand and so he said that it was actually due to playing ping pong and that he fell while playing ping pong and that's one of the other ways that you can hurt it is a direct impact either a punching type of thing or falling on it but that was that was his reason that he gave intense ping ponging yeah very intense ping ponging <laughs> but he also has a um labral tear in his left hip, which has Your been discussed before on, yeah. on, uh, on previous episodes. And the one thing that I saw in his swing, if you watch the, the velocity with which he swings, when he comes through in his downswing and strikes the ball and comes through in his follow through, he's generating so much force that his lead leg, his left foot, kind of gets lifted off the ground and turns with his entire body. And so... But purely speculating, right? I, I haven't been able to look at all of the data as his swing and just right. looking at that, one of the things that he could maybe benefit from, and I, I haven't gotten to see what what if any changes he's made since he's come back in the last two weeks. I know I know he said he wouldn't be able to swing full speed until the master. So I'm kind of excited to see that to see if he he really lets it rip this week. Right. But if he's made any changes with his lead leg and lead foot placement, a common thing that golfers can do if they struggle, and this is where we, we get into identifying if the impairment or limitation is something we can fix or something we need to work around. Mm -hmm. If somebody has a big bony block in their hip that they can't internally rotate their hip, and that's not something we can improve on, then if they open their foot up a little bit in their stance, and by that I mean instead of having both of your toes pointed straight ahead, turn your left foot out to the left a little bit and kind of point it towards the target, that's externally rotating your hip. So when he comes through in his follow through, that might give him a little, a little more uh, movement, space so that he doesn't have to torque on that lead hip so much so i'm kind of curious to see if he's made any changes in that that was the one thing that i kind of saw 
with his swing. Um, Paul Casey, he actually, when I looked at his, a couple of the characteristics of his swing that I did see are the most common uh, characteristics that you see in back pain. Um, he has that S curve that I talked about. And, and when you, if you have that, and I didn't get to screen him, but just looking at his posture, having that curve tells me he may have a hard time posteriorly tilting at his pelvis. And when you come through in the downswing, you need to be able to posteriorly tilt that pelvis to clear through the hips. And so if he's not doing that, he also had a little bit of early extension that we talked about, which essentially means as you approach the ball in your swing, your hips are moving closer to the ball, um, which can lead to, again, everything's kind of connected. Like the song we learned as a kid, hip bones connected to the knee bone. So you can get this ripple effect, but with that early extension, it can limit rotation. Our, our spine doesn't rotate as well in an extended position. And so he also was slide or swaying. Um, sway is away from the ball. Slide is exaggerated towards the target during the backswing. He was swaying away a little bit. And in his finish, he had a little bit of what was called hanging back. He wasn't making it all the way to that line. And so he's putting a large amount of extension into his lumbar spine and extension combined with rotation and side bending loads those facet joints so it may have just been back spasms everybody in sports has back spasms right if the player's out with a back injury it's always diagnosed as back spasm right right sometimes it is sometimes later it's we're, we're known that yeah. he's got even if so, it's Ben Simmons right exactly. yeah you know we find out later that yeah. it's a disc or whatever but so it, it was interesting yeah. to see that just looking at that oh this guy's out with a back issue and he did have characteristics that line up with typically with back pain so that, that was kind of interesting to see well I, I think I, like me personally I'll be watching the Masters more closely just because I you know I wanted to see if, if being spot on with his predictions right. here and, and the guys to watch out for I'll probably be tuned into a little bit more but I, I think maybe like in the next couple of weeks you know we, we see how the Masters goes and maybe we get uh, Dean back down here for like a Masters recap the recap the follow we'll talk about these guys you know how they did or if there's any other injuries that pop up I, I, yeah, I, got, I, got, a, I got a quick hypothetical for you sure let's just say we have a golf outing coming up <laughs> and 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 we're gonna be playing together. Is there any way you could like evaluate somebody's swing during that golf outing and, and throw them a couple tips here or there, especially yeah. if they're short and pudgy? A- absolutely. <laughs> and, and so, and tell us a little bit about that golf outing that might be coming up. Yeah. So we, we uh, reconstructive orthopedics. We're sponsoring a, a golf outing in a few weeks. I believe it's. I forget the date offhand. I know it's the first Monday in June. Six. Yeah. Six. I believe yeah. it is um, at Valley Brook Country Club. And uh, I will be there. Uh, I'll have a table set up um, with some TPI information set up. Still figuring out exactly what we're going to do, but may may do some free assessments on some golfers there while we're there. It's a. I would not typically recommend trying to change your swing right before a golf outing. It's not um, going to make a difference. No, it's probably <laughs> probably not the ideal. But um, even something as simple as proper warm up, you know, again. Most golfers, two beers instead of three. What's that? Two beers instead of three. Right. Um, but you know, most golfers 
and I'm guilty of it too. I every time I go to play, I tell myself I'm gonna get there early. I'm gonna hit some balls at the range. I'm gonna do a proper warm up. And then life gets in the way. One of the kids wakes up as I'm walking out the door yeah. and I sit with them for, you know, whatever the case may be. And then you get there in time to, you know, swing your club a few times on the tee box and then grip it and rip yeah. it. Yeah. And right. so even something as simple as that, of even if you don't truly work on changing your swing, maybe you're Change only your limited yeah. in rotation because yep. you don't work on it and okay right. here's three stretches yeah take 10 minutes before you play right. do these three stretches and, and see what happens and so yeah that that i would highly recommend of getting assessed in that regard find a, a warm-up what you can do right before you golf that's an easy fix but I, I wouldn't go too far into let's try and work on right. this 10 minutes before before we're about to tee it up. We'll have Brandon Olea share a lot of the information about how to reach you here at Recon Sports in terms of those that are interested in, in you know in pursuing your services along with great. some of the information about uh, the golf outing and maybe they could catch you. People that are already registered to be there, maybe they'll know where to find you. Yeah, there. that'd be but, great. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Dean, can't thank you enough for coming down here tonight. Thank well, you guys. Always, yeah. always enjoy it. Yeah, thanks, man. All right. Uh, before we take off for the evening, we want to take our moment to thank our sponsors. And uh, we have one of the uh, biggest surprise guest that we've had uh so far and, did not see it yeah, coming uh he, he had mentioned that he was going to be out here in the area but uh over the past uh what is it now 43 episodes we always close out with we want to thank our good friends at timber reel productions and we have mr timber reel productions here himself visiting all the way out from portland oregon right uh made a surprise east coast visit to us and came down here to neck of the woods kyle miller hey how you guys doing kyle that's is, is incredible to see you down here it's great to be here i haven't yeah. been i haven't been here for a live episode yet so it's yeah. really fun i mean well, he kyle's the guy doing all the editing uh right. we, we send it off to him in portland and uh i've listened to the unedited version before right. i send it to him and what you do for us like um, magic yeah, yeah it, it I don't, I'm not going to try and rate our own podcast, but uh, it, it, it's what you do really takes it to the next level for us, and, yeah. and we greatly appreciate that. Yeah, you guys have been doing great. It's yeah. just fun. It's fun to listen to it. Yeah. I always say it's real fun to edit podcasts because I get to listen to it from the from the beginning and yeah. put everything together. But you guys, I, I look forward every week to to listening to your podcast. It's just fun. Tell us a little bit about what Timber Reel does as a whole. Yeah, we, um, we're a content creation production company. I mean, we we focus on creating content for social media, for commercials, documentaries, yeah. every type of content we, we produce and, you know, it, and it includes podcasts. So we yeah. basically look at a company, figure out what they need from a content standpoint and create a plan based around that content and, and, yeah. and execute it. Right, and it's not just, you know, we knew of you not just because of the podcast, but yeah. you've been doing extensive work with Reconstructive Orthopedics for a number of years as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been working with Recon for I think about four years. Yeah. You know, we do everything from the events, uh, videos, photos, mm -hmm. headshot photography for, for right. you guys, and then you know, some of the social media stuff as well with the videos that, that yeah. are out on social And even media. the energy lab too. For yeah, matter, absolutely, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we've, we've done a ton of stuff, and yeah. you know, some commercials and branding stuff, and it, yeah. it's, been, it's been real fun working and developing relationships yeah. with everybody here. You know, so, and it made it that much easier for Jason and I, right? Yeah. We had the good fortune to stumble into this and then yeah, you take care of so much of this for us. Like, right. We're golden. I mean, we, and we always kind of say it as a joke, right? Like Dr. Frey and I really don't 
necessarily know what we're doing from a podcast perspective in yeah. terms of the editing and the not, advertising. Not no, a joke. Not no, a joke. Yo, I mean, yeah. you know, we don't like, know what we're doing. I mean, it's all I, about the talent. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do right. great. Yeah. Right. I mean, even like even the simple stuff, right? Like you, you were a tremendous help starting up with like order this equipment, yeah. right? Right. Because yeah. this is the most user friendly. Yeah, know, absolutely. And, and Joe helped us out with you know. Uh, written step-by-step -step instructions where setting it up i mean yeah. it was Getting as basic as like Check open box yeah i mean take Joe, out box Joe's like, a big part of my company yeah and, you know we were he, he's not a full employee of my company but he is yeah. he, we work we collaborate on a lot of projects right. together and he's he's not only a good friend but he, you know he's been super beneficial yeah. especially yeah. with some of the recon yeah. stuff in the energy lab and this specifically so i want to thank I, yeah. I thank him every yeah. single week because of the work he's he's helped right. you know timber real grow to right uh, for those that are looking to take their company like to the next level, you know, like you said, from a, from a digital mm -hmm. standpoint, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, you can visit timberreel.com. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of E's, a lot of R's in there. <laughs> but uh, or shoot me a, a uh, an email at studio at timberreel.com. Yeah. And you know, I'd love to talk to anybody. It's small mm -hmm. businesses, big businesses. Everybody needs content. Even a new a new side of what I've been working on is developing content for athletes, professional in college with the NIL, and you know, how can mm -hmm. you create content for yourself as a brand everybody's right. a brand and how can you establish yourself and you know partner with businesses to to make money wherever right. you can and, right. and really grow who you want to be yeah i don't think it's any exaggeration and, and dean millard even though he doesn't have the headphones on anymore is still sitting at the table with us but i mean easily uh i feel like kyle's name comes up on a almost daily basis almost where every it, you know and, and even you know in the energy lab at, at pt right. Um, everything's always like, you know, what could really help, but you know, with, you know, some photos with it, it's like, let's, let's mention this to Kyle. And, right. You know, it, it almost seems endless the amount that we could use you for. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm out and there do. and I, I, I and love do, and, yeah. and do, I mean, yeah, yeah we, I'm doing some stuff this week with recon for, for some videos, right. and, you know, it's a consistent content yeah. creation. That's yeah. kind of what I focus on. And yeah. I think every business can use it. Every person can right. use it. And, you know, I'm, I'm one in a million realistically, but yeah. I feel like part of what Timberreel does is we try to really establish a relationship with the company. Right. You know, I, we work, I've been working with Recon for so long. And I think part of that is because I develop a relationship and I, I care about the, the image, the, the likeness and, and how we can grow and how I can help a company specifically like Recon, you know, create the best content necessary to help right. them grow in the long run. Well, it's been a tremendous help. And I know Dr. Frey and I, uh, we greatly Very appreciate it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. I think, yeah. you know, we're, we're over a year and it's just, yeah. you know, I never thought it would get here, but it's been but I don't think we did great. either. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're not, we you're not the only one who never thought it would get here. <laughs> Before we go ahead and close our tablets, take a moment to thank our other sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics with our eight locations focused on your approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination. Neck of the Woods, of course, 614 Lambs Road, Pittman, New Jersey. Brian hustling behind the bar again, another pack. Hooking house. us up. Hooking Mid-show, mid yeah. dropping the, off new extra beers. The blueberry Brunch. Yeah. A delicious beer awesome. down here that you guys got to test out. Kyle, again, this was a real pleasure to have you on site for the first time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.